Social Security and Medicare are doomed, according to the 2019 annual report from the Board of Trustees that oversees Social Security and Medicare, we're in big trouble. Social Security's total cost is projected to be less than total income in 2019, which is great. But in 2020, the cost is going to be higher than the income starting in 2020 and for every year beyond. And under current assumptions, the Social Security reserves will be depleted in the year 2035. That's only 16 years away. The sky is falling, Tony. The sky is falling. You are about to listen to an episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Each week, co-hosts Dan and Tony will explore topics about finance and retirement. It's fun, informative, and most of all useful to those who are interested in retiring successfully. Now, Let's begin the show. Hello, this is Dan Wendell, and you are listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. Thanks for joining us today, Tony. Like I said, the sky is falling. The sky oh. is falling. Is that Chicken Little? I think that's Chicken Little, right? That is Chicken Little, and that was a dire Chicken Little statement you made at the beginning of the show during the cold open. Though. Right. So my, what do you think? Have you heard this nonsense about Social Security and Medicare going bankrupt? I have. It's been in the news a lot lately, and uh, they're saying it's it's not going to be solvent any longer. They're going to run out of money, deplete the reserves, and it will no longer be able to fund itself. You know, if we so that's what they're saying. But you know, obviously they've said. I have heard somewhat similar things before back in the '80s. I believe they said that, but then they just raised the minimum uh, or the you retirement know, age. The ret- yeah, the retirement age, they, they raise that so you can't collect Social Security until, you know, your full retirement age. Instead of being 67, they're going to raise it to 70 or something, uh, maybe. And then and then it becomes solvent again. But I don't know. This time it sounds more serious and a little more uh, unfixable than it was in the past. It's, but whatever you're going to say, I disagree because I'm going to be contrarian. Oh, all right. Well, we're fine. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this was, we don't have a problem at all. Do you disagree? Yeah. Uh, but if you just rewind a year, it's the same conversation we had last year, right? Not not, yeah. not us, but I'm saying, I mean, every year. It seems it comes up every year that, oh, Social Security is going to be gone in about 15 years. Right. And, and you know, it's this letter that they sent. Um, and but I'm referencing this the board of trustees and the technical term, you'll like this one, board of trustees of the federal old age and survivors insurance and federal disability insurance trust funds. Yeah. This came out in April of 2019. Is that the, is that the official title? Yes. I'm so glad they worked the words old age. You know, the federal it. old age and survivors insurance. That's what we know as social security. It's actually called federal old age and survivors insurance. Ha ha. I like social security better. Right? Yeah, me too. It's easier yeah. to say. But you, it is Or or even even uh even the word uh, old age does not sound good. Even the word how about replace it with just the word senior? Yeah, but no. I mean this is we, you this is tradition, Tony. Now you want to first they take away the national anthem or whatever it is they got going on right now with the God bless America. Now you want to take away old age from the social security 
<laughs> right. Well, two two very different things, Dan. Two very. Different you just don't things. like traditionalists. No, you're right. Um, it's a, it's a silly. Well, I mean, back then that's when it was created. That's what they called it. But we we oh, know yeah. it as Social that's Security. So the it. but the bottom line is they come out with this report every year, and they they look at the numbers and they say how are we doing and where are we going, and this year in 2019 they came out and said that uh, Social Security under the current assumptions will be depleted in the year 2035. Medicare Part A, see they don't tell you that, they just say Medicare. So they, Medicare is going to be depleted. Medicare Part A, and for the listeners that are on Medicare, they know there's a difference between our Part A and Part B. Medicare Part, yep. part A will be depleted by 2026. So that's even scarier, right? Um, but if you, look, if you go back a year, Social Security last year, they said it was going to deplete at 2034. This year, they're saying right. 2034. So there's no change there. But what I found interesting was they're saying that if you break out Social Security and uh, disability insurance, Social Security disability, last year they said disability funds were going to run out in 2032. But this year, they're projecting it to run out in 2052. So we just got 20 years interesting. ahead. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, right? Like, what's going on yeah. there? Does it fluctuate that much as far as who's in the workforce and how much is being contributed? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of calculation involved and speculation, but it does sound legitimate, like it's legitimately in trouble. So uh, what are we talking about here today, Dan? Are you going to give us some solutions on how they might shore it up? Well, I'll talk about what the solutions might be. And then I want to talk about, because I do help people figure out when to claim Social Security. And a lot of people say, well, why would I... Why wouldn't I just take it immediately if it's going to be out of money soon? You know, if it's going to, if it's going away, if it's going to be bankrupt, I might as well get it while the getting's good, right? So I want to talk about how I address that because that is a legitimate concern people have. So I'll talk about that at the end. But you're right; um, it does fluctuate, right? How can it fluctuate so much? Now, the Social Security itself, the program hasn't fluctuated that much in terms of when it's going to run out. Because that is based on the number of people working. Yeah, they've been saying 2034 for a few years. Right. But that's because the workforce doesn't fluctuate that much. I mean, we know the boomers are retiring and they're adding to the outflows of Social Security. And we know the number of people that are being born and and are working. So there's not a huge dramatic changes year to year. But the disability insurance adding 20 years on that's dramatic. Like what's going on there? And that has to do with the applications. How many people are actually applying for Social Security disability? And that has decreased. And that's been decreasing, which is great, right? We, you know, um, whatever the reason, we have lower applications. So that's going to be shored up. But if you combine the two, I mean, you can't look at one. You, you can look at them separately, but the pool of money is there. If one falls, we're in trouble, right? So we don't want either of right. these. Right. So what's really happening here and what's scary to people is everyone realizes, I mean, especially here in Florida, we see the population's growing in Florida because people are moving here to retire. And it's baby boomers. A lot of the growth in Florida, besides just organic growth, people living here and, and being raised here, is a lot of people retire to Florida and they're the baby boomers. And we're right in the thick of baby boomer generation. They are retiring from the workforce, so they're no longer adding to Social Security coffers. They are taking away. They're they're going on Social Security. So you add that to the lower birth rates for the younger generations, meaning less workers are contributing. 
Not to mention, Tony, which we've talked about in other shows, the increased life expectancy. So people are living longer and staying on the payout longer from Social Security, longer than expected. On the dole. On the dole, so yeah. See, you, you're heartless, though, Tony. That's just heartless to say. Like you, I mean, you Wait, weren't you just calling me a bleeding heart earlier, I, and now I'm heartless? Right. You've, 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 you've blood, your blood has has bled from your heart so much that it's no, you don't even have a heart anymore. We're going to take some of the blood from your bleeding heart and smear it on this problem, see if that solves it. But you just, uh, so you, is your grandfather on the doll on Social Security? Is he? I, I've got to believe. Yeah. So, yeah. so you want to talk to him and say, "Hey, can you, Grandpa? What are you doing? You know, can we can we call it quits here? We need some of this money for the next generation." At night, at ninety eight, Grandfather, you've taken it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never say that to him. I'll tell you, if anybody's earned it, it's him. So, <laughs> right, exactly. So, and this is what's scary, especially for people that are on Social Security, which it makes up a majority of people's income in in retirement across the nation. Uh, yep. Wait, you're gonna lower my benefit? And yes, that's what's that's what's happening. That's what's being talked about. If we don't do anything, yeah. like if nothing is done, twenty thirty four rolls around. What really happens? What happens at that point is the the reserves are depleted, meaning there's no money in the coffers, right? So the only money they're gonna pay out is what they get in, and what is happening is this year or this is the last year that it's projected that we're going to bring in more than we're paying out. So it's really like a break even right now. So what's happening is someone pays social security on their paycheck, which a lot of people don't realize, right? They don't see it, but when they get their W2 and they see what they paid in social security, that money isn't really going in the coffers. It's going right out. It's going right out to the next generation that's pulling from it. So the people that are working are just paying for the people that are on it right now. So the baby boomers are sucking us dry as they retire at 10,000 a day or a week or whatever. That's it is. right. That's right. And, <laughs> and, and so one solution is we just stop paying baby boomers, right? Anyone born? No. You see, you, right. No. You look at it and you say, well, what are the solutions here? But what I want to point out is we have the presidential God. I mean, we're not going to have an election for another what two years. And here we are. Uh, or at least a year. Here we year, right? A year, a year and a half. right, a year and a half, and and we got candidates talking about you know what they're going to do as president. It's just like I can't take this anymore, right? But there there are candidates talking about expanding Medicare, you know, Medicare for all. It's like how can we talk about that right now when the when the house is on fire? Like we're talking about building an extension to the house. Meanwhile, the house is on fire. Let's put out the fire first, right? Can we start there? But it's really not fun to talk about, right? No one wants to, you know, my platform is I'm going to shore up Social Security. I'm going to make some cuts or increase taxes or something. No, Everyone's going to be like, get out of here. We, no one wants you. I like that Medicare right. for all stuff you're talking about. Right. How's that going to help well, me? Well, obviously, regardless, uh, you know, looking at this, it's a good indicator that taxes will go up. They'll have to, really. And to help, you know, fund this type of uh, program or at least fix the problems it has, and then, you know, other areas might get cut. Obviously, something has to get cut and taxes have to go up so the government can bring in more money so it can afford to pay for Medicare and Social Security, right? I mean, isn't that the bottom line? Yeah, the, I mean, it, it, something has to change, right? So let's talk about the taxes, right, first, because that's, that's a simple way to look at it. Um, right now, we're at like 12, 12.5% 12 payroll tax for Social Security. So- 
and and a lot of people six half of you half of which you pay half of which you're employed right unless you're like me and you're self-employed i pay both so 12 12.4 percent roughly god bless you yeah right and so what to make up this shortfall that we're in right now the projections are that we have to add 2.7 percent so the the new tax rate on social security would be 15.1 that's what the report's suggesting so wow you know that's that's pretty hefty you know what's it's only 2.7 yeah but 2.7 on 12 that's you know 20 percent you know 15 percent that's a that's a big increase in my taxes it's a huge increase right and so and then what does that get us it doesn't is it going to just kick the can i mean that just shores it up and then if you if you don't want to say well that you know and this that's typically what the democrats will say is let's let's raise the taxes right let's raise mm-hmm. it then the yep. republicans typically will say well let's cut the benefits so what would the benefit cut look like if, if we don't do anything uh, the benefits would have to be reduced by 17 percent yikes 17 percent reduction in benefits that's for current yeah, you tell the vote you tell all those baby boomers who are retiring that, that you're going to cut their benefits by 17 percent and see see if you can get elected that right way. that's that, mine. It, right it's not going to work right no so then <laughs> but but the thing is like that's for current and future so 17 percent reduction in current and future and now the baby boomers might be able to get together you know with aarp or something and say let's fight this and they'll say let's only reduce it for future retirees right anyone going right, on social right. security after 2019 they have to pay right so yeah the sins of the fathers right. we're gonna have to pay for the sins of the father right or our kids right. our kids will right really you and you and i dan we might be set but uh our kids yeah they're gonna be right so it's not gonna be called the old age anymore right you know you gotta be right. ancient age to be to call it start collecting the retirement age will be 90. <laughs> <laughs> so so full retirement age 90. Right. So, so what do we do? You know, so there's gotta be a combo. You gotta do some sort of combo. Right. But the problem is we, I mean, how many times we have to talk about this before we actually do something? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I wish somebody would do something. I mean, there's a lot of people that get angry when, you know, one side, the liberals suggest, Hey, we're going to tax the wealthy to pay for this. And I mean, it is interesting though, Dan, you do have some of the richest people in the world. Um, you have Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and now recently this other guy who's one of the richest. He was in a, on Microsoft at the beginning as well. Paul Allen? I forget his. No, not Paul Allen. It's one other guy who came in later as the CEO. Jeff, Jeff uh, Bezos' and, wife? Ex-wife? <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, it's this other guy. I just saw a special on him on 60 Minutes, but. He is one of the, I think he's the third wealthiest person in the world. And he and Warren Buffett and um, Bill Gates and one other guy, like four of the world's richest people uh, that live in the United States and are U.S. citizens got together and said, let's fix some of these problems. Tax us. We're the, we're the 1% of the 1%. Tax the, tax the, 0, the 0.05% of the wealthiest people. Uh, have a you know a national tax to do away with college wipe out college debt Medicare for all, uh, it would pay for all of these things, and so that is fascinating to me. I mean, I don't know that that's right or the right way to look at it, but you know, there's arguments on both sides. But I think I find it fascinating that the wealthiest people in the world are coming to say, hey, we're not taxed enough. 
And the one guy said, I don't even have to pay any taxes if I don't want to. Larry Ellison? Was it Oracle? Um, you know, Carlos no, it Slim. wasn't the Oracle Carlos guy. Carlos Slim, the Mexican, right? I like I like that name. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I get you there. And that's the thing is like we talk about, well, what do we do? And it becomes political football because no one wants to solve it because you, no, you can't no. run on And both sides are pretty adamant about how to fix it. You know, I, I and I respect. And then on the other side, they're like, hey, we, we waste so much as a government. If we just cut it, we could fix some of these problems. And, and, you know, you have Republicans saying that and Democrats saying, well, tax the wealthy. And so, you know, they can't come to a compromise. So nothing gets done, which is very frustrating for those of us caught in the middle of this. Right. Dan? And it's just like retirement planning. It's frustrating because you're like, oh, my God, I want to retire in five years, but I don't I can't have enough money. So instead of actually thinking about it and doing something about it, you just close your eyes and keep working. And that's what people do. And then what happens they is when you get don't deal with right. It. And then when you get to that point where it's like, well, I, I can't work anymore because I'm too old or I got injured or I'm just tired. It's too late to plan at that point. So every year that we don't address the Social Security nightmare, which is it is, uh, we're going to be in a worse spot because time is not on our side. I love the way you compared that. That was a great analogy, Dan. Probably one of the best things I've heard you say on the show is that the, this analogy to what the government does with some of these issues like Social Security and Medicare is what people do with retirement. They kick the can down the road right. to deal with another time. They just keep kicking it down the road and down the road. But pretty soon uh, they reach a, a wall and they can't kick the can any further. That's right. And when, when people come to meet with me, I'm like the board of trustees of this federal old age group. Right. And I say, yeah, you can't retire until this age. They don't want to hear it. So they don't they don't right. meet with a retirement planner because they just want to put their head in the sand. And this is what we do as a country. And maybe it's just because we're humans and that's what we do. We people don't, yeah. people don't like to people avoid the bad news. Ignorance is bliss. But if you really look at it, if we don't do something, it's going to get worse and worse and to a point where and then we're going to have to take drastic measures, which yeah. I think is what's going to happen because no one wants to address it. Yeah. But I want to I want to talk about what the real problem is, which people don't talk about. We talk about, oh, there's too many boomers and people living longer, not enough young workers. We have to raise taxes. We have to lower benefits. Here's a real problem, though, Tony, because if you look at it from my perspective, people ask me, what should I do with Social Security? And it's a progressive scale, meaning those that put in less get more of their money back. Those that put in more, because it takes you top 35 years. If you just take, instead of... And 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 I have I already sense you looking at me, getting ready to to pounce on me because you're going to say this is wrong. But if you look at just taking that money instead of putting it in Social Security, you invested it yourself. Odds are you'll do a lot better than if you stuck with the Social Security program because mm. what the Social Security program has done has been. It's it relates to the last show we did about the lotto winner suing her advisor and her son. Not because she lost money, but because she didn't make enough. Social Security doesn't invest in anything that has a real good growth potential. That coffers, those money sitting there, it's invested in short-term, low-yielding, no, you're not short-term, but just low-yielding U.S. Treasury bonds. On average, it makes like 2.5% or so yep. over the course of history, which is really it doesn't even barely keeps up with inflation. The problem is in 1974, we had the ERISA law employee retirement income security act. And what that did is it changed retirement. It was trying to help people retire and the pensions. 
And what it said, it allowed the pension funds to diversify and not be forced into just really low interest. It allowed them to invest in stocks and bonds and other things yep. that could grow, right? So what happened was they did that and pensions were able to grow significantly. They can make 10% in a year if the stock market's up 15. But the stock market was fantastic in 20, what, 17? And the U.S. Social Security Fund grew by two and a half or whatever it was. So when they made that law, they excluded Social Security coffers from being able to invest outside of U.S. Treasury bonds. Yeah, but that's because they have to protect the principal. Yeah, I get you on that. And that's kind of where... Because if they invested it all in the market, in the S&P, to get those gains, what happens if the stock market crashes? Well, see, this this is it, Tony. That's the flaw. See, I agree with you there. If you're 70 years old, you're just retired, and you have a bunch of money in your 401k, you don't want to take that and invest it in the market in case you lose it, right? Because you need that to live. And you could make that same argument that the government needs it to pay out future benefits, but they have continual income. And in fact, if anyone, it's all about time horizon, right? How long do you have before you, Mm -hmm. the U S has a huge time horizon as an entity. They don't, they can afford to have a drop in the stock market because they're not going anywhere. They're still getting revenue and worst case scenario, worst case, they can always cut a check. The U S government can just write money. They can print money. Right? So I think the fact that the U.S. hasn't been investing in anything that has real growth potential is what has really killed this program. And I'll just give you an example. If, you know, like my niece, she's 24, right? If she, and and let's say she's making $20,000 a year. That's just, right? That's very low, low income. And so over the course of her life and getting to retirement, if she takes the same amount of percentage that she's given to Social Security and she puts it in to her own, that that would be $355,000 when she's retired. So that, if she invested in the market, right? If she leaves it in Social Security, they don't, they don't give you a lump sum, by the way. They give you a payout. She'd get about 900 bucks a month from Social Security. But if you take that same 20,000, tax it at the 15%, and you invest it at the, in the stock market and get an average stock market return, say eight or seven or something like that, that 355,000, lump sum could buy a pension, you know, buy an annuity, which is what social security is and get her about 1200 a month, which is a lot higher than 900 a month. Right. And, and that's at 20,000. You bump that up to 60,000. You're going to get, you can get, uh, you know, 6,000 a month when you retire, as opposed to the 2200 or the 2500, which is the max social security. That's because you've taken the risk. But if you have a 40 year time horizon, why not? You know, and so when people ask me, should I, should I be putting into social security? I say, you don't have a choice. <laughs> it comes out of your wages, whether you like it or not. Right. But if given the ability to take the money and invest it on your own, I would totally say invest it on your own because, and, but you have, you can't be foolish about it, but you have to ride the wave because historically speaking, you'll get a whole lot more than social security. And that's the problem. So this is a way of saying, well, we should privatize it. And I'm not saying that because there's some, there's some major implications there, but look at the numbers there, Tony. That's, that's the numbers speak for themselves. You know that the government's not getting a good return on your money. They're forced to buy U S bonds, treasury bonds, which is basically they're forcing the employees paying 15% of their salary into the social security fund. Those funds are buying treasury bonds, which are the government's way of spending 
to build and do in domestic projects. And I don't believe the government's good at spending money. I just never have. I'm not a big proponent of government spending. And so, but we're for, we're we're paying for it through the Social Security Fund because we're buying those treasury bonds. And what do they use that bonds for? To pay. So, I, you know, I think the government messed up and they should have allowed, private, you know, investing in stocks and more risky assets. And they didn't. Now, what's what can we do about it? Could you imagine if we said the government Social Security Trust Fund is going to now be invested in the stock market? What would happen? Can you imagine that? The trillions upon trillions of dollars in that fund that would then get invested in the market. Talk about a bubble, right? If I knew that the government was going to take the Social Security Trust Fund and start investing in the stock market, I would sell everything I have. I'd sell my kids and <laughs> buy stocks and then I'd buy them back later. Because, this, the you know, if you put that much money in the trust fund, from the trust fund into the stock market, it'll pop that real quick. Yeah. So you, you, you can't just do that. You, yeah, that that would be an issue. You'd almost have to, you'd almost have to to do it over time. Say over the next fifty years, we're going right. to take two percent of the trust fund every year and invest it in the stock market, so that it's you know. But you just as soon as I say that, I could saw I could see your 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 bleeding heart was starting to pump really fast because you're like <laughs> privatizing trust fund. That's that's a devil speech, you know. <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, I, I see the argument on both sides. I think the problem is, is there the the risk is a little high higher than I would like it to be by privatizing things. And uh, and I see your argument. Uh, you know, it's you can't. There's no good argument to say, oh, the government really spends wisely. Well, obviously that's not true. We all know that's not true. But I've worked for cor corporations. I read about what corporations do every day. I have lots of friends who work for big corporations. And to say they spend wisely and are well run is is laughable. I mean it's just it's like to to say the government isn't as well run as say Enron or General Motors or you know G, even GE these companies oh they've been around forever. Yeah, the government's been around longer and and it's still going. Uh but these companies uh, do make huge mistakes. Uh, they bilk people out of pensions. Uh, they get sued all the time every day. And so you can't, I think there's problems inherent on both sides of the argument. So I don't like to take one side or the other, but I don't like to be unrealistic about let's privatize everything. I don't think that's the answer any more than it is. The government should pay for everything. It should pay for all my health care, my college, Let's have the government pay for everything. Obviously, we don't want, you know, it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked for communism or Russia, and so there's arguments against that too. But it is a big political battle. Um, but I laugh at people who think they, you know, uh, I laugh at people who say the government can do it. I laugh at people who say corporations can do it because anybody who takes an unbiased look at the government or corporations know, hey, it's still greed. There's still greed. And there's still power hungry people that are in charge. And that's what happens. Well, you know, and I get you on that. But uh, my and the idea of privatizing Social Security, I, what I'm trying to get at is they should uh, at least diversify their investments. You, right. Your oldest no, I, son, I see what you're saying. You, I see. What just imagine saying. like what, what like if your oldest son came to you and said, hey, dad, I got ten thousand dollars. I'm planning to put this away for my retirement right now. Would you tell him put it in a U.S. Treasury bond at two point two percent? No, you would tell him what? 
Yeah, I would I would tell them to put put it in the stock. Right. So probably. why can't the government do that for for us? Why can't the government start investing a little bit more? Right now they can't because it's not allowed. I'm saying that was that was a mistake, and that's how. Yeah. We no, I agree. I I agree. Um, and, you know the idea of taking because what it is it, the government the Social Security Trust Fund is just a giant pension fund, and so you see the big pension funds that these companies have that are struggling. Some are doing well, some aren't. You know, and so why? It's because they're investments, you know. So um, that's the thing is the pension fund for the U.S. government isn't going anywhere, whereas a lot of these companies are getting rid of it because it's tough to manage. Um, and they are losing workers and people are living longer. So the U.S. government's got the same exact problem on a higher level, except they don't have as many tools as the private pension fund managers do, which is they can invest. And granted, they right. don't have the risk. So, yeah, yeah, I get it. So, But I do the think... The risk of... Because, again, you have greed and power, just like you have the do-nothing Congress mm-hmm. and the greed and power in Washington. You have the greed and power of Wall Street. And, you know, like, look what happened in 2008 or in 2000 and 2001. You've got Goldman Sachs, Freddie Mae, you know, or Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and Goldman Sachs um, just, uh, just almost completely derailing the U.S. economy single-handedly. Yeah, and so, you know, I'm, I'm saying... With risk comes reward, and I think the government is not taking enough risk. But let's talk. I want to finish off by talking about what I said I would, which is what what should people be doing about this? Should they be yeah, avoiding it? Yeah, what do it? we do? And so, and I get this question a lot because I'm doing seminars on the topic, and people always want, hey, help me maximize my Social Security, and I have software for it. And typically, um, for married couples, the idea is one person maximizes it, delays it, and the other person takes it as soon as possible. That's typically it. So you're trying to get the most out of it. But for a single person, it usually doesn't matter because the way the system works is it goes based on life expectancy. So if you take it at 62 or 70, you're going to get about the same amount if you live a normal life. But if you're going to live a longer life, then you want to delay. And so we run that software. So let's talk about the person that's going to live a longer life. Should they say, well, I'm not going to take it because they're going to cut it. They're going to cut it by 17%. Uh, Why wouldn't I take it early? My take is you have to have some sort of faith that it's going to be shored up, that there's going to be a solution here. And it's probably going to be the younger generations that pay for it. So what are you going to do? I would say you still maximize it using the info we have today. It makes sense because there's also some other advantages besides just the amount of money um, with Social Security. It's really tax favored, meaning not all of it is taxed, which is great. So what do I say to the younger people? People that are in their 30s right now or even in their early 50s. What do you do? Should I be taking it early? Should I even be contributing? From some people, they don't have a choice. They work as a W-2 employee and they don't have a choice what goes put into their paycheck and goes into Social Security. But for others who might own a business, they can open up a, a, they can create a different sort of income stream where they don't have to pay um, W-2 wages or they don't have to pay Social Security tax on it. You know, like, for instance, if you own a S-Corp or something like that, you want to pay yourself a, a, the average wage, which is required by law. But the other money, you can get as pass-through income, and you don't pay Social Security. In, you don't pay into Social Security on that. And then you can actually invest that money yourself in a different way. So you can privatize Social Security in a way. But again, Tony, all this comes down to planning. And a lot of people, for a lot of people in this country, it's all about they don't like delayed gratification. For the same reason why people like the 401k versus the pension. They feel like they have more control over the 401k. But if you look at it, in the end, people like the pension more than the 401k. Oh, yeah. Right? You really don't have that much control over your 401k. You're better off 
taking your money and putting it into an IRA or, you know, letting a financial advisor like yourself uh, diversify it and put some in, you know, maybe a, a fixed index annuity, some in the stock market, some in, you know, really manageable funds, those types of investments, be, right? And that's what you help people do because, you know, your 401k is controlled by whatever parent company your your employer has chosen. You get like one of four or five options and you just check it. You know, usually they give you, do you want low risk, medium risk, or high risk? Right, check, right. Done. done. And and so- <laughs> And then it's not actively managed and you, you don't have active control typically. And it's right. And and that we talked about in a previous show how the, they were coming out with the budget and that got shot down, which was trying to add- some sort of income stream option to to 401k plans. Because right now, the only guaranteed income people have is Social Security, which is why it's so important that we fix it and, and address yeah. it. You can create- But if you have a plan, but you can come up with a plan, your solution, what you're saying to, to, to help us focus in on your solution, if I hear you right, Dan, you're saying the solution is, you know, obviously there's no quick fix or easy answer for Social Security. However, for each individual, our listeners out there, what they need to do is save as much as possible and work with someone like yourself, a trusted financial professional, to put a have a written plan in place that will get you uh, a steady stream of income in retirement that you can count on besides Social Security. That's right. And is that it? Right. But you have to still maximize that Social Security because that is a great system of income for people. And I, I think the sky, and I said, the sky's falling, the sky's falling, chicken little, because it's tongue in cheek. I think it's overblown. I think the idea that it's going to be bankrupt is, is not true. It's running into trouble. It's still going to pay out. We need to fix it and make some changes and it'll be okay. But the fact that the matter is it's not going to be bankrupt. It's not going to just collapse and no one's going to get anything unless we get rid of it. You know, so that's a different story. But I think people should still maximize it and then fill in that income gap on their own. Don't rely on Social Security. Some people do. Don't rely on it as 100% of your income. You can replicate it and do it on your own. There are options. You just got to you gotta plan for it. You can't just bury your head in the sand. That's, that's, that's the lesson of the day. Yeah, don't bury your head in the sand. Well, hey, great show today. It's a great discussion, but really uh, it's an important discussion. That's, that's the thing. We've got to be talking about this, got to be dealing with it. Thanks, Dan. Great show. And as always, a great take on this. Now, why don't you let our listeners know quickly before we go how they can get a hold of you and set up a, a complimentary consultation. Yeah, we're talking about Social Security today. It's not going away. It's running to some trouble. It will be fixed. But everyone's got their own Social Security plan. Whether you whether you know it or not, you have a plan. It's being crafted for you by the government. And what you need to do is figure out how to maximize it. And one of the things that we do at Dolphin Financial Group is provide Social Security maximization software to people. We don't charge for it. You can call us up. You can go online to dolphinfinancialgroup.com, click on the Social Security tab, and you can figure out a way to connect with us to create your own Social Security maximization report. It'll tell you exactly what your options are and how you can get the most out of it. Or if you want, just give us a call and we'll walk through it. The number is 888-508-5935. Tony, thanks for a great show, and thanks for your time, and and also thanks for taking it easy on me on this privatization thing. I I was expecting some more pushback from you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think there's any great solution, but uh, you know, and now I'm willing to accept almost any any try to fix it. (laughs) The topics on this show are wide ranging. 
yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.